0: Hey Connection Point Church, welcome to Online Church and I am so excited to be able to worship. I've got a message that I really think is going to resonate with us today. I'm joined in studio uh, with Chase Green, Cindy McNeil, Beth Kelsey. I've got Clayton and Joey. there behind the scenes putting in work today and so I'm very excited about this message because today we are talking about passion. Specifically, we're talking about our passion for God and One of the things I've noticed over the last few weeks is I've noticed that passion is like a roller coaster, that when we started a few weeks ago or a few months ago with Church Online and we were live and we had our whole church, in fact, we had about three times what we normally have on our first few Sundays and people were passionate, this is awesome. And then a funny thing happened, we kept going (laughs) and we kept going. And life got crazier and crazier and crazier. And before you know it, we look around and now there's racial strife. There is COVID. The tension keeps coming back and back. And it just seems like almost bad news, this and that. Our routines are all thrown off. We can't go to restaurants. We have to have activities canceled. And the ones that are still going, we don't know if they're going to be going next week. And so what's happened is I've looked around and most of us, we're running to and from things, but one thing that I've noticed on social media and my conversations with some of you is that we don't seem to be running to the same source of hope and, and uh, just existence, and that is we, we're not running to God the way we used to. Now we're running to things like social media. We're running to the, to the news. We're running to unhealthy conversations. Even in the church, I've seen us running to unhealthy conversations, So my goal today is that we can run towards Christ and we can renew the passion that we once had. So we're going to start off with a question that I want you to answer in the chat. And while you're answering in the chat, they are going to answer it here. And the question is this, I want you to think about a time when you were most passionate about God. And then are you to that level? Are you more passionate than that now or less passionate about God right now? Chase, when was a time when you were more passionate with your relationship with God? Probably a few years ago when I was going through reengage for the first time and I was spending time in the Word daily. So, a few years ago, he went through reengage for the first time, which is a marriage Bible study, and he was in the Word daily. Now, what's changed from that moment to now? So he got furloughed, his schedule now is, is open, there's less routine. And so he, his discipline, you've lost discipline and that's kind of helped you to lose passion for Christ. That happens. Cindy, what about you? When was a time when you were most passionate for Christ? So in the mid-90s, uh, Cindy was at rock bottom, and uh, a friend helped her turn to Christ. And, uh, and that was when our passion was all time. When, you know, when we have a conversion, that's a, that's a high. Now, what's the difference between your passion then and now? What's happened since then? Life happens, and it's, it's like a rollercoaster. Yeah. You're passionate, and then life happens. And- so life Happened. Cindy says life has happened between the mid 90s and now, and it's just a roller coaster. Your passion seems to go up and then it seems to go down. I think that resonates with a lot of people as well. Beth, what about you? When was your passion at an all time high? All right. So Beth did something interesting. Her passion was at an all-time high when her and some of her friends were celebrating Shabbat, which is the preparation for the Sabbath. So in other words, you, you were intentionally discipling yourself. You were getting with a group of people and you were preparing your, your hearts and minds for a uh, rest with God, with Sabbath with God. That's good. What's happened between now or then and now to your passion? Okay, same thing as Chase and Cindy, that life happens. She was also furloughed, so her schedule is out of her routine. And it's just amazing how, as life happens to us, it becomes a roller coaster with our passion, and we find ourselves less passionate sometimes for God when we need Him the most. And so that's what I want to really drill down, because I think if most of us are honest with ourselves, me included, my passion for God when Chaos is all around, sometimes begins to wane. But I've got good news for us today. And this may not sound like good news, but it is good news. And here's the big idea, the big idea for today. When it comes to your passion for God, you didn't lose it, you left it. You didn't lose it, you left it. Now, that may not seem like uh, good news to you, but if you lose something, then you may or may not find it. You may or may not get it back. But the good news is if you left it, then you can return. And that's why this is good news. That's why I'm excited to preach this message and kind of refocus our passion because you are always running to or away from health. Again, I want to say that you're always running towards or you're running away from health. So with your physical lifestyle, you are running towards healthiness or you're running away. Now you may say, I'm not running anywhere. Okay. If you're stagnant, understand with your health, you're running away from health. You have to run towards health. So in your relationships, in your relationships, uh, maybe it's a marriage. In your marriage, you're either running towards a healthy marriage or you're running away from a healthy marriage. In your relationships at work, you're either running towards a healthy a healthy relationship at work or you're running away from it. And sometimes, especially when our communication, we're on Zoom meetings, we've got all this, we're running, sometimes our relationships suffer because we're we're not running as hard as we were towards good communication, towards those things. And so, when it comes to our passion for God, we need to understand we are either running towards our relationship with God, or we are running away. We are not staying stagnant or staying stagnant. We are not staying still. We are running away or for. And if we are running away, if we find that, you know, when, when I look at my passion for God, it's not like it used to be, then that should, should be an alarm. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm running away from my relationship with God. And if we're running away from our relationship with God, he calls us to this great thing called repentance. That is, he says, at any moment, if you find yourself running away from God, you can stop And you can turn around and you can run towards him and he will always receive us. And so today I'm calling our church. I'm challenging us to a time of repentance, a time to stop running the direction we've been going and run towards God. And we're going to specifically begin to examine where we are running to and what are we running from? Now, I want to give you a story from the Bible of a man who was on top of the world. He was passionate about God, and then he began running away from God, and I don't even think he understood why he was running away from God. The man's name is Elijah, and he was a prophet of God, and we find his story in 1 Kings 18. Now, in 1 Kings 18, actually 19 is where we're gonna to be today, but his story begins in 18. I wanna give you a little bit of of 18. In 18, he this this man Elijah has just had probably the most spiritual uh, victory anyone has ever had in, in that time period. I mean, this is up there with Moses and the Exodus. This is up there with almost to the resurrection, not quite that hot, but it is a big deal. He, he was called by God to stand for God, and 450 prophets of Baal, that is a, an enemy of God, came against him, and God did something miraculous. God had Elijah by himself stand there and call down fire, and fire consumed the sacrifices for God, Uh, and it was so amazing. It it was the first time in history that fire put out water because he he had these these troughs filled with water, and the fire quenched the water. And, I mean, fire came down from God, and Elijah is so excited. It's such a, a... passionate time that the people see this and the people had been kind of, their, their hearts had been uh, just kind of watching to see what was going to happen. Some of them had been following uh, Baal, some of them had just been apathetic and, and kind of just watching it. But when they saw that victory for Elijah, the people rallied and they actually drove out and they, they killed the prophets of Baal and, and the name of Yahweh was put on Mount Carmel and all of a sudden it was just this great victory for Elijah. And that's why when we get to chapter 19, it just comes out of the blue. I kind of feel like chapter 18 was February for Connection Point Church. In February, we had our all-time high attendance. Things were thumping. Man, my sermons, let's get an amen here. They were out of this world, right? Amen. There are amens all over. Hundreds of people right now are saying amen all over. And, And then this COVID happens in March, and all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a 1 Kings 19 moment. This is what happens in verse 1. It says, Ahab, who's the king at the time, told his wife Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow. Now, he had just defeated 450 prophets and yet one. Woman, The voice of one woman is enough to strike fear into him. And look at how he responds. It says, Then he was afraid, he arose, and he ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. His response to one woman giving one voice is he runs, and he even gives up his servant who is with him and through thick and thin, and he runs into solitude. It says, what it says in verse four, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came and he sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he may die saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and he slept under the broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake, "'baked on hot stones and a jar of water. "'And he ate and he drank and he lay down again.'" In verse 8, he goes on to say that he went in the strength of that food. And he went and he found a cave. In verse 9, it says he found a cave and he, he lodged in it. "'And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. "'And he said to him, "'What are you doing here, Elijah?' And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've thrown down your altars and they've killed your prophets with a sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And you have Elijah in this depression, this hopelessness. And what I want you to see is that his passion for the Lord is the lowest at this moment. But it wasn't that the Lord left him. It wasn't even that he lost his passion. He actually left his passion. He ran from it. And so what I want to do is I want us to respond to this story. And I just want to give you three questions to ask. And I want you to notice that there are at least three things that Elijah left when he was leaving his passion for the Lord. He runs away From his passion for the Lord. The first question I want to ask you is this Where am I running to unhealthy things? Where in my life am I running to unhealthy things? I think if you're honest, you would say, you know, when when I look at the last few weeks or months, when I get stressed or when I get that, I'm running to unhealthy things. Now, notice Elijah, he ran away from his community. He did not run to his community. He ran away. In fact, he tells this this lie that he's all alone. But if in his mind, you know, he was on top of the mountain. He was uh, very passionate for God. And then, man, it just all of a sudden... Uh, Ahab comes after me, Jezebel comes after me, and the people seem to scatter. I look around now, and I don't see any prophets. I don't even see the people. I don't even see my servant anymore. And he tells us this, this lie that, that now I'm alone, that no one is for me, that God has, has left me, but that's not what happened. It says it says very clearly that, that he is not alone. In fact, in 18, Obadiah was a, a friend of his, another prophet. Obadiah had a hundred prophets in hiding from Ahab and at any moment was waiting for Elijah to call those prophets. These prophets are waiting for him. And he's forgot all about that. He had a servant that would go anywhere. And he, he left his servant intentionally. He had people that had just rallied around him and followed his commands to slaughter these, these uh, evil priests of Baal. And he left them. All of the people he left, he left his community that could have spoken the words of life that could have reminded him, hey, you're not alone. Hey, hey, you're not going to to have to face this by yourself. But yet he left his community. And and when he leaves his community, I want you to see what happens when he feels as if he's alone, something very interesting happens. All of a sudden, the the impact of God, the power of God becomes small and his importance, his responsibilities become huge. Huge. And so for Elijah, all of a sudden, even though he had seen God bring fire down from heaven, Elijah now thinks it's his responsibility alone to defeat Ahab, to defeat Jezebel, that he's the only one that can, that can fight these battles. And whenever you shrink God, all of a sudden, you have to carry the weight of the world. And that's what happens when he runs away from his community. All of a sudden, he has, doesn't have anyone there to say, hey, I'm still with you. I'm still with you. There's some times over the past few months for me in the church where I've just been like, you know, what is going on with this church? I'm just not leading it well. And then I'll come and I'll talk to Joey and I'll be like, oh, wait, Joey's with me. And then I'll talk to some of you. I'll go to my connect group and I'll be like, oh, wait, there are people. And then I'll talk with, with you on church and, and, and we'll interact on Sunday mornings. Oh, yes, we are together. I'm not alone in this. And all that happened is when I'm away from my community, when I've run away from my community, I've run away from my passion with God so my question to you is this, where are you running from God? Where are you running to when you run from God? Are you running to social media? Are you running to the news every morning to see, hey, how chaotic is it? Maybe you're running to... Addictions? Do you find yourself running towards uh, the addictions that you once had victory over? Maybe pornography or, or alcohol? Maybe even just uh, gossip and, and the, the negative ideas that you, that you used to run to? Do you find yourself running uh, just to escape? You know, the, a lot of us in the last few months have just been running to escape, not not trying to be healthy, not running to God's word, but instead we run to Netflix, right? And you run to binge something. And there's a time to binge, don't get me wrong, there's a time to binge. But when we're running to escape, or we go to our phone, or some of us even go to work just to escape, and we get, we put on our headset, or, or you, you get in front of that, and you just begin to say, I don't want to think about it, I just want to get, and it, we're escaping. You know... I've even seen some people running to Amazon and, and just shopping because, uh, to get that fixed in. Where are you running to in your unhealthiness? Where are you running to? I think it's important to identify that. Maybe this week you need to run towards your community. And I'm not just saying in your connect group uh, uh, to go and just vent and talk. This week I want to challenge you, if you're in a connect group, don't just say, hey, you know, well, let's just, let's just get together. Let's get in the word together in our connect group. Let's make sure that when we speak in our connect group, we're speaking words of life. Our connect group, Cindy's in my connect group, and we started going through the book of Titus. It's three chapters, and it's, it's very easy to understand. But, man, it was so rewarding this week to think about, man, what is God saying to me? Man, God is in control of this. We just need some godly men. That's what God said to me in my community this week. This week, I want to challenge you. Maybe you need to run to community. Now, not only do I want you to identify where you're running to in your unhealthiness, I want you to to think about when are you running towards unhealthiness? When am I running to unhealthy things? Because there's usually a trigger when we run to unhealthy things. And I want you to notice for Elijah, there's a trigger. He ran away from his physical health. He ran for a whole day. How many of you, if you ran a whole day, would be tired? I think I would be tired. I would be exhausted. And it's interesting, before God gives him any words, before God does anything to renew his spirit, the first thing that God does, it says, is he had him sleep, lay down by a broom tree, and then eat. Eat. And I'm the, the bread, is not. it says it, that it, uh, there was a cake baked. That cake isn't an icing-filled, you know, Casa Linda cake. It is a, uh, it's, it's a cake to restore his, his energy. It's for his health. You know, one of the things I think many of us have, uh, if we were honest, we've been running to unhealthy habits with our, our eating and exercise, and we find ourselves, or even our sleep, or our lack of sleep. But when are we running to those things? When do you find yourself running? Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're frustrated at the world. Maybe uh, you're overwhelmed with the racial strife that we felt and just the uncertainty of the future with COVID and the the waves of uh, the numbers going up, the numbers are going down. What's going to happen next? Maybe it's the uncertainty of work. Am I ever going to be able to go back to work? Some of you are working so hard right now because you're always on. Am I ever going to slow down at work? But when are you running to unhealthy things? You know, one of the commitments that we probably need to make this week is to recognize, hey, when I am anxious, when I am frustrated, when I am overwhelmed, even at work or exhausted, I need to run towards health. I need to take a break. I need to make sure I'm sleeping all night and sleeping seven or eight hours. I need to make sure that I'm snacking and I'm eating on a plan, that I'm eating healthy things, and that once a week I'm taking a Sabbath, that I am disconnecting and I am letting the Lord renew me every week. So don't just think about where you're running to. Think about when are you running to these unhealthy things. And the last question I want you to to ask yourself is this. How do I respond to unhealthiness. When I do find myself running to unhealthy things, when I find myself uh, kind of caught in a a habitual pattern where I'm unhealthy, maybe I'm uh, eating a lot, maybe I'm running to an addiction a lot, maybe I'm just negative, how am I going to respond to that? Because Elijah, he doesn't respond in a very good way. In fact, he runs towards negative thoughts. I want you to think about, he says, take away my life. He's almost on the verge of suicide. He's asking God, take away my life. I'm no better than my father's. He's devaluing himself. Now, I don't know anything about his dad. Maybe his dad wasn't a great person, but it's interesting that he has uh, done great things through the Lord. The Lord has used him in powerful ways, but he devalues what God has done in his life and now thinks it's not even worth him living. He's run towards his negative thoughts. Instead of running and towards repentance and calling on God to, to show up again like he did, he's run away from his hope and he's run towards those negative thoughts. I want you to think about that. When you find yourself stuck in a maybe a sinful pattern or an unhealthy pattern in your life, how do you deal with it? You know, if I'm honest, not a lot of people that I've seen, at least online, and I'm talking about Christ followers Uh, on social media that I've seen have been running towards repentance. I haven't seen a lot of people running towards unity. I've seen a lot of people venting. Uh, Maybe uh, when you get frustrated, you find yourself running towards social media to vent about Trump or about the Democrats or this or that. But I haven't seen a lot of people running towards prayer or towards uh, God to, to reconcile. And so my heart is when we are When we find ourselves in an unhealthy place, how do we respond? Because God has given us an option that we can repent. We can always call on him. So do you find yourself running towards unity in the body of Christ whenever whenever you're in an unhealthy place? Do you run towards that accountability that we find in Christ? Most of us, it's hard to run towards those things. But if you're in an unhealthy time, now's the time to ask, you know what? What? What am I continuing? Am I going to stay in this pattern? Am I going to let my passion for God wane? Or am I going to run towards passion? Am I going to let God restore me? You know, one of, there's a story that, that I think is the perfect way to conclude this. And remember the big idea here is that when it comes to passion for God, you didn't lose it, you left it. You didn't lose it, you left it. Well, I want to tell you, there is an example of two men who their passion for God had waned really quick. And they made the decision they were going to run towards health. They were going to run towards their passion for God. And this story uh, comes in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, you have two men, Peter and John, and they have just lost everything. They were following Jesus for three years, and Jesus was just crucified on a cross. One of my favorite stories in the entire Bible is the story of the race between Peter and John when they hear that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. This is what happens in John chapter 20. Uh, uh, um, The women had just gone to the tomb and they've come back and they've said to Peter and John, hey, we went to the tomb and he wasn't there. And this is what happens in verse four. It says both of them, Peter and John were running together. And this is how you know John wrote the book because he says the disciple, the other disciple, that's him, he outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. You know, and so they have this race, and, and think about this. They had just found out that Jesus had, or they had just seen Jesus die on a cross. They had put all their hope and trust in him, and now they find their passion is totally gone. I can't believe it, it stinks. We thought he was the one. And all of a sudden, one one just ounce of hope, hey, he's not in the tomb. And they run towards the resurrection. They run towards the risen Christ. And they run and Peter gets there after John because John makes it clear when he says that he won the race, which is what I would have done. He makes it clear that he won the race, but he stops at the tomb. But Peter keeps going. Peter runs straight into the empty tomb. And this is what happens when we pick it up. It says the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, he went in after Peter and he saw and believed. He saw and believed and believed. He began to believe just at that moment. And here's the exciting thing in verse nine. Look what it says. For they did not understand the scripture that he must rise and rise from the dead. So they didn't understand. He didn't understand the full implications, but they believed anyway. They had this faith of, wow, what he said, maybe it is going to come true. Maybe he is going to renew my spirit and his passion returned because he ran towards the resurrection You know, as Christ followers, the great thing when we find ourselves running away from Christ, when we look at our passion and its it's lowest point, is we don't have to turn around and run 10 miles back to where we were. That The Bible says when we run towards the the resurrected Christ, when we run towards Jesus that instantly we are forgiven. We are in his presence immediately. He is with us. You are forgiven of your sins, even if in the past few months you've been stuck in a habitual sin and you feel as if the the passion for you has left you because your holiness has left you, because your sinfulness has covered you. When you run towards the resurrected Christ, all of that is washed away. Today, you can make the decision, you know what? I'm going to start running towards Christ today. And today, you are washed clean. As the prophet Isaiah said, you will be made white as snow, though your sins were like scarlet. They were red like scarlet. And that's what I think God wants us to do today as a church. Is make the decision we're going to run towards Christ. We're going to receive the forgiveness. We're going we're going to going to walk away from the sinfulness and and the the lack of joy, the lack of hope that we may have experienced for the last few months. And we are going to run towards our passion in Christ. And so, the last thing I want to challenge you as we close right now is I just want to ask you this one question: What is one action that I can uh, take? to run towards Jesus this week. Let's close by you asking and typing that in the chat. And I'm just going to ask y'all, what's one thing maybe this week you can do to run towards your passion in Christ? I'm going to start over here this time, Chase. Beth, what's one thing you can do this week to run towards your passion in Christ? Um, intentionally Intentionally get in the word is what Beth said. I think that is a great idea to wake up and get in the word. Cindy, what's one thing you can do this week to, to run towards your passion in Christ? Maybe a fast, not a whole fast, but I would okay. call it a fast on something and then in that, like, a, a certain junk food I like. And then okay. Read, pray. So she's going to read and pray, but she's also going to fast in some way this week. She wants to, to kind of renew that, that focus on God. That's good. And also, she said, not eat so much junk food. I think that's, that's the same for me, too. Chase, what about you? What's one thing you can do this week? So I think what I'll do is uh, kind of just create my own routine again and set a time in the morning to start my day off, spending time with God, whether it's reading about Him, meditating on Scripture, or just reading Scripture. That's good. So Chase is going to try to, to renew his r- routine. He's going to get up in the mornings, and he's going to read or or meditate on Scripture or, or just read the Bible, study the Bible. And, you know, that's a commitment I've made over the last few weeks that has renewed my spirit, is I've actually left my phone on the charger for the first hour of the day. And it's actually grown now to sometimes uh, until I leave for work or for the first couple of hours, I leave my phone on the charger. And the night before I get on the Bible app and I I figure out what I'm going to read. And I wake up and I just spend my time uh, in the word. And then for the first hour, I make sure I don't look at the news. I don't look at social media. Instead, I'm just reflecting on what God is teaching me. And I want to encourage you this week to, to run towards Christ. And remember, when we run towards the resurrected Christ, that we are running towards passion. We are running towards health. So what are you going to do this week? What are you going to run to? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for our church. And Lord, I pray that you will begin to increase and raise the passion for, for you in this church, in Connection Point Church, and all of those that are listening right now, that maybe, we, maybe they're stuck in a routine, maybe they're stuck in unhealthiness. Lord, today can be the day that we stop running away from you. We stop running towards unhealthiness. And instead, we decide, I'm going to run towards health. I'm going to run towards the passion that I have in you. Lord, we thank you that you died on a cross for our sins, that you have covered our sins so that we are no longer guilty, we are no longer shameful, but instead, we are renewed. We are children of God. And so Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for this week ahead of us in which we can run towards you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.